You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 181, Family Dinners and Mealtimes. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, Mama. Thanks for tuning in today. I am so amazing. I'm getting ready to go on a week-long trip tomorrow, and so just getting this out ahead of time so I don't have to think about it, and I'm just in a wonderful mood, so um, I hope you are too. I was really inspired by last week's episode with Allison Katie to continue talking about the topic of healthy eating and family mealtimes. So you've probably heard the advice to make family dinners a priority. And in my experience, moms make this mean that they have to eat dinner as an entire family every single night, or it doesn't count, or that they have to have these perfect Martha Stewart type meals. And so they either run themselves ragged trying to live up to that standard or they end up feeling guilty and defeated when they don't. My job as a coach is to help you live with intention and make decisions that you feel good about so you don't feel overwhelmed, guilty, and defeated. And while most of my coaching centers around mindset and thought work, today's episode is filled with practical advice and lots of resources that are all listed in the show notes, which you can find at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 181. Now, I'm not in any position to tell you what kind of food to buy or how to prepare it, but I will share the choices I make for my own family, some of the challenges we've faced and how I've handled them. And then I want to talk about the benefits associated with eating meals together as a family and how you can incorporate more of that into your life if you want. Several years ago, when my kids were really young, I became interested in learning more about why so many of today's kids develop food allergies, as both of my kids suffer from them. Marissa has a life-threatening allergy to dairy, and Dahlia is allergic to all nuts and sesame. I read The Unhealthy Truth by Robin O'Brien, which really opened my eyes to the toxins in America's food supply. Little by little, I made changes to our family's diet. I began limiting the amount of processed foods I bought and eliminated anything with high fructose corn syrup, partially hydrogenated oils, and loads of sugar. We limited sugary desserts to once a week, and I matter-of-factly explained to my kids why I wasn't buying their favorite treats anymore. I found healthier alternatives using a free app on my phone called Fujicate. It's been a long time since I've used it, but basically you go to the grocery store, scan an item's barcode, or you can search for a specific item, and every food has a letter grade from A to D with an explanation of its nutritional benefits or lack thereof. And then it offers healthier alternatives to that item. So if you scan a bag of potato chips, for example, it'll tell you the letter grade and then suggest brands of chips that score better and probably also suggest an actual baked potato or something like that. It's really cool. But be prepared to spend a lot of time in the aisles of the grocery store when you're first using this app. I would go without my kids because I literally spent so much time scanning the items and reading about them. You can scan stuff in your kitchen right now, too. I think you'll be surprised by what you find. 
So the other thing I did was I started, and this was probably back in 2013 or 2014, I started following the food babe who investigates what's in our food, how it's grown, and what chemicals are used in its production. And I just kept cutting out more and more restaurants and brands and choosing healthier ones. I bought organic produce whenever I could and chose packaged foods that were verified non-GMO products. Yes, I spent more money on groceries, but it was worth the extra cost to me knowing that I was feeding my family the most nutritious foods available. Then in 2017, I personally cut out all sugar and flour from my diet. I lost 20 pounds and I felt amazing. There was an initial period of withdrawal, and it definitely wasn't always easy, but I did get to a point where I didn't even desire sweets. I had more energy, my clothes fit better, and while I tried to cut out the sugar and flour from my kids' meals, I was met with a lot of resistance from their dad. And since I couldn't control what he did when they were at his house, I just focused on what I could control in mine. This was also around the time that Marissa started to become passionate about baking, though, so the kids often ate the treats that she made and still ate some junk at birthday parties and restaurants where I didn't have as much control over the menu options. Even at birthday parties, though, I usually packed healthier food for them since they have food allergies. So fast forward to today, I still buy mostly organic foods. Dahlia is choosing to be a vegetarian. I've always kept a kosher home and haven't eaten red meat since I was probably 15 years old. So we have a lot of dietary needs. And sometimes it feels like a challenge to find new and different food choices. So we generally eat the same things every day. And anyone who worked with me in the school knew I basically ate the same lunch every single day, which was a salad with some kind of protein, right? So the proteins changed and the veggies changed, but it was pretty much always a salad. In his book, Simplicity Parenting, Kim John Payne writes about how we can help our kids thrive by providing them with rhythm and predictability. He suggests that families organize their meals by days of the week. The idea is that there's a sense of order and calm when dinners are predictable. Children know what to expect, parents can prepare in advance, and there are no surprises. So, of course, you can choose whatever themes you want. And over the years, we've had Meatball Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, Dessert Night was always on Saturday. Now, you might think this system sounds boring, but you can vary the foods and the flavors quite a bit. So, for example, you can experiment with different soups for soup night or pizza toppings for pizza night or make it more general like sandwiches, barbecue, or breakfast for dinner. And if and when you break from the rhythm, it can be a special treat for everyone. In my house, breakfast is usually the same thing every day. We go through different phases, and so right now we're in a scrambled eggs phase. (laughs) I've found that when breakfast is consistent, mornings tend to be less hectic and there are fewer food battles. Some other quick and easy breakfast foods are yogurt, oatmeal, granola, fruit, hard-boiled eggs, and cottage cheese. You can also make healthy muffins or mini quiches ahead of time and freeze them so they're easy to grab and go in the mornings. I've always had a rule when making my kids school lunches that they need to include a protein, a fruit, and a vegetable. Simple. So right now my kids are eating salads for lunch with a protein, a fruit, and some chips. My favorite website for healthy school lunch ideas and inspiration is 100 Days of Real Food. The photos alone are worth a look. 
For dinner, we used to eat a lot of kosher turkey, chicken, and fish. But now that Dahlia is vegetarian, we eat a lot more plant-based proteins and, of course, lots of fruit and veggies. We've always eaten our dinners together without the TV or devices at the table. Sometimes we'll listen to music, but mostly we just talk and eat. Research in the United States and abroad has shown that kids who watch TV while eating are more likely to be overweight as they get older, and that kids who eat regular family dinners consume more fruits, vegetables, vitamins, and micronutrients, as well as fewer fried foods and soft drinks. There have also been several research studies that have shown kids who eat dinners with their families have better overall mental and physical health, get better grades in school, are less likely to use drugs and alcohol or engage in sexual activity, and have a more positive view of the future compared to their peers who don't eat with their families. The main reason I like family dinners is that they're opportunities to spend time together, tell stories about the day, laugh, and connect. You want to create an atmosphere that's warm and engaging. Back in episodes 56 to 58, I talked about the three core emotional needs that all humans have, connection, control, and competence. When your mealtimes are enjoyable, not adversarial or filled with tension and conflict, they offer ways for your kids to meet all three of those needs. But of course, you have to go first in managing your mind so that you're not anxious or stressed. So here are some tips for successful family dinners. Turn off the TV. Involve your kids in the process as much as possible. They can help prepare food, set the table, and clean up. Have some sort of symbolic start to the meal, a prayer, a moment of silence, or an expression of gratitude. Try not to engage in power struggles over food. I really like the philosophy behind Ellen Satter's work that as the parent, you're responsible for what, when, and where your kids eat, and they're responsible for how much and whether they eat. So I'll link to her website in the show notes too. Now, if you absolutely can't eat dinners as a family, choose a different meal. If you can't eat together during the week, make an effort over the weekend. While it's not necessary to eat every meal as a family, research does suggest that the more times you can gather together, the better. So start by choosing just one meal a week that works with everyone's schedule and make it easy and fun. Tell stories or You can download the 20 free conversation starters that I've offered before to strike up some interesting discussions while you eat. Okay, I'm gonna put a link to that in today's show notes too. You can even get healthy takeout food and have a picnic in the living room. The point is, make it your own and don't worry about it being fancy or the kids behaving in a certain way. Once you establish a routine and you're feeling calm and connected, Then you can focus on teaching things like table manners or offering new foods to try. But for now, just focus on using mealtimes as a way to connect and create an experience you can all enjoy. If you want help with this, if what I'm saying here feels totally impossible or overwhelming, we need to talk. So request a free consultation with me at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and let me help you. All right. Have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. 
If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.